Dealing with change is often difficult. On today's show, how planning for retirement has evolved over the past 20 years or so. We've got the top 10 changes in getting to the next phase of life called retirement. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve is a best-selling author. It's called Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist, President Founder of Laura Wealth Solutions. He's a fiduciary independent, over 20 years helping folks. And uh, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Very well, thanks. I appreciate it. And um, this is, you know, again, we talk about changes. And, and I mean, you've been doing this for over 20 years. And so over the last 20 years, you've seen some pretty major changes in retirement, right? No, absolutely. I mean, so a lot of the um, the attitudes about how to invest in retirement have changed, too. So you're not you're not hearing people kind of spout the same rules of thumb or the same kind of cookie cutter advice. Um, you know, there, there's a lot more strategies. There's a lot more products out there because, you know, everyone's marketing to the same demographic of people. And there's obviously a massive demographic of people that are retiring every single day. So the products have gotten a little bit more innovative and um, there's a lot there's a lot of different uh, different things you can do with your retirement assets. And there's a lot of different styles of retirement. Right. Um, so, I mean, kind of the sitting at home and taking care of the grandkids is kind of the standard one. Right. But, right. you know, there's, you know, people doing kind of the RV thing there, you know, there are people who are retiring overseas. Um, so there's, a, there's a variety of different lifestyles in retirement and people are a lot more active now, uh, with their retirement and their vision of retirement than they were, uh, when I first started doing this in the late nineties. Well, and well, we're living longer to say the least. And that, that plays a big role because I think, you know, when, I mean, just, I mean, in your sixties and seventies and even up until your early eighties, you're you, again, like you said, we want to go around, we want to do fun things. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, my, my parents still travel and they're going to be 84 this summer. So nice. Uh, you know, that's, and that didn't really happen very much uh, in the past. Well, no, I think about my grandparents. I mean, you know, they retired and moved to my hometown, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the uh, And, folks, if you want to get a head start, reach out to Steve. It's 800-705-9995. And, uh, you know, we've got to talk about health care because we're living longer. Obviously, there are more things that can go wrong with us, and we've got to take care of ourselves. Uh, Medicare comes into play. It's a great program, but it's not everything. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And so Medicare uh, has copays, right? So people say, oh, well, I, do I need a supplement plan or, you know, can I just get by on part A and part B? Well, if you have a 20% copay, right? And I don't know if you've ever actually looked at the the bills at the hospital when you've had, had to go in for something. Mm -hmm. If you go in for, say, like a hip replacement, a new hip costs about $170,000. So 20% of that is is pretty expensive. <laughs> pretty <laughs> and expensive, so, exactly. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, you have to... Yeah, and people say, "Oh, well, I'm not going to spend." You know, when we do the cost of care study, the Fidelity cost of care study, which we talk about invariably every year when it comes out, um, and people say, "Oh, I'm not going to spend that much on my healthcare." Well, your premiums alone are going to account for a big chunk of that over a 25 or 30 year retirement, and so, um, and you are going to live longer than your parents, most likely. I mean, think about your own grandparents. Um, anecdotally, right? Most most of our parents have lived longer than our grandparents. Of course. I mean, I just mentioned my parents are both going to be 84 this summer. Um, I don't think, I think my uh, 
eldest grandparent. Uh, I only had one one grandparent make it to that age. So uh, of the four grandparents. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, and I, I think I'm not alone in that. I think, uh, I think many of us can just kind of look at that from a common sense. Standpoint. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, my, my, my grandparents, two of them lived into one into their late eighties, the other into their early nineties. So, I mean, you know, and, and, yeah, no, uh, people can live a long time, but, but the, but the, the point is, is that, um, with advances in health and I think we just know a lot more now oh, too. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I haven't. I have a poster in my office. Uh, it's a it's a uh, print ad from the the 1940s that say that says uh, more more doctors recommend camels than any other brand of cigarette. <laughs> oh and gosh, so, yeah. And so, Those are the days. <laughs> so I mean, but I mean, you think of that in in the context of today. Advice changes over time, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're still sticking with the same advice from 20 years ago, it's a completely different world than it was, you know, 20 years ago, or, or especially different from like, say, 30 years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you can't go to the bank anymore and get a CD and get six or eight or 10%. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even if you think like back to 2002, which is when, you know, the market was, uh, we were in the tech bubble, and it kind of burst. And we had the Enron stuff. And, the, um, you know, it, it there, that was a different time than now, because Back then, there were people who invested in the dot-coms, just like there are some people who invest in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the lion's share of of people's investments. Whereas now when the market goes down, most people, their biggest holdings are tech companies, They're Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, right? So, um, you know, so that people are taking a lot more risk in their portfolio than they were 20 years ago because they realize they are going to live long and they're not getting to your point, they're not getting the kind of interest rate and fixed rate investments. And so you have to you have to get money from somewhere. Uh, you have to get growth from somewhere to keep pace with inflation. And so you turn to stocks and not everyone is equipped to handle the risk in stocks. And that's why it's so important to have a plan so that you own the right amount of stocks and that you don't make panic decisions when the market is, you know, going through a rough patch like it has so far this year. <laughs> so far this year, it's been a tough one for folks. I mean, you know, with inflation and then you look at the market and, and you know, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a little intimidating out there right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, you have to take care of yourself. We talk about that all the time on on the show. You know, like they, they make that announcement before you take off on a plane for a reason. You know, take care, put your own mask on first before sure. you help others. And so that's something I see a lot of too. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm retired now. I want to, I want to be able to help my my son or daughter buy their first house, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's great. And you might feel like, oh, I've saved enough and I have enough liquidity to do that. But then. You do that, and then invariably what happens? We have a market like the one that we're in now. And now, instead of really being not worrying because you have enough of a cash cushion, now all of a sudden you make panic decisions because you say, oh, my God, I, I wasn't thinking this was going to lose 30% in two months. Right. <laughs> so, um, And so that's how bad decisions happen. So you need to make sure you have your own, your own position secure before you go and help others. Um, and then the other thing is you, you have to plan on living. And so I always find it ridiculous. Oh, I'm not going to want to do anything in my 80s. Well, really? I've never met an 80-year-old that says I want to die tomorrow. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, like I, that's good. <laughs> and so, you know, that's it, the, the point is, is that you, you, when you, the longer you go and statistically, you're going to go into your late 80s. If you're at 62 now, um, your life expectancy as a male is 87 and as a female is 89. So you're going to live you know, into your 80s. Um, hopefully those years are healthy years. And 
as long as you're healthy, you're going to want to do stuff. Now, maybe you're not going to do it at the same pace, meaning you're not going to be uh, traveling the same amount as, as maybe you're doing early in retirement um, and your trips will change. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't do one of those things where you're, you're hitting eight cities in Europe, but maybe you do one city for a week because it, you know, it's, you don't want to move around from hotel to hotel mm-hmm. um, or get on and off a cruise ship. And so that's uh, you know, that the, the trips change the, um, but the, you're still going to want to live, live in retirement and do things, uh, as long as you have your health. So, and that's, that's important that you actually think about that and think about the lifestyle you want to live and put together a plan because that becomes the basis of your plan. And that's, that's what gives you the peace of mind to know, Hey, look, I'm secured. I have this extra money that I could, if I wanted to help someone, I could do that. And that's all comes from putting together a plan. And that's something we give our listeners an opportunity to do every week for free. Um, you know, it starts with a phone call and we would love to hear from you. 800-705-9995. That's how you can get the ball rolling, folks. It's a chance to get a, a financial roadmap put together. Sit down with Steve, see where you are today, and then build that roadmap, that guide that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. We know your retirement's going to be different than your parents. When we come back, we'll continue our list of how retirement has changed. We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Steve, of course, is a president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He is a sought-after speaker to train other advisors on this transition into retirement. That's where Steve has spent the bulk of his career. Uh, he is a, a non-practicing lawyer, which I think brings an interesting perspective to what you help and how you help people, Steve. It, it does, and it we're thinking, you know, when we're doing the financial plan, we're, we're thinking about what, what's going to happen at the end as well. So, um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, every year I have clients going through that part. Uh, sure. I have a client right now who, um, is in the hospital and the, the, the family is very grateful that, um, we set up long-term care insurance for her and she has a life insurance policy with a terminal illness rider. And so now she's going to be able to, she probably only has a few months, unfortunately, but She's going to be able to now live those out in her home, surrounded by the people that she cares about, and she has, and the money is not an issue, so she can have round-the-clock care. And well, um, I, you, you bring up a good point, Stephen. That you know, the money is not an issue, and and really, there is more to retirement than the money. Certainly, to have the money, and and in her case, to that that she's protected, that she's well planned, but at the same time, that's a time to for the family too, to, to, I mean, you know, and all sort of work together, just deal with the emotional side of it. Yeah, no. And it, it makes it, I mean, money is not going to obviously cure the grief, right. But it's what it does is it, it allows you to live out your final days with dignity and have your family around you and not have to worry about how, how am I going to pay for this nurse or exactly. am I, am I leaving a giant bill for my family? And so, um, you know, thinking about the end, um, and having some money still available at the end and having and addressing your risks. So one of the things that we, we look at for, that's different than someone who's planning for retirement and planning for retirement, the only risk that they're really looking at is market risk, right? Um, when we're talking about a retirement distribution plan, we're talking about the risks that can derail your retirement. And so obviously healthcare is one of the biggest ones there. Inflation is another big one that um, for years I've been pounding the table on and talking about inflation and projecting a higher inflation than most 
Um, and now everyone is is talking about inflation. So, um, you know, so it's you know, we we started this on the list. We were talking about uh, how Medicare doesn't cover all of your healthcare costs. Yes. And so it's really important that you have the right supplemental plan. And also, if you're you know, if you have the if you have means, um, it might make sense to have some type of long term care coverage or a lot of life insurance policies will have like something like a terminal illness benefit. It's nice to have that available to you so that um, you know you you can spend that money if you need it at the end of your life. And so it just gives you a little bit more flexibility and it takes a burden to your point. It takes a burden away from your family. Of course. And so, um, you know, and the, the, the only person who's going to do this planning for yourself is you, right? That's exactly so right. It's all on take, you. Yeah. Right. So you have to plan for your future. You have to take care of yourself. You have to realize that Medicare doesn't cover all your costs. And so those are the things that we covered in the first segment. So now um, the the next one I want to talk about, and this is something that's been evolving too, because people are living longer, right? Mm-hmm. There's more to retirement than just money, right? Sure. So it's it's great to have money, but, and we see this in a lot, it's great to downsize and pay less taxes, right? So these are all things that commonly, especially early in my career, people will say, oh, well, I'm going to Florida, right? And we have, we all kind of have the the picture of, of Florida, uh, you know, from people, from outsiders of our, our great state think that, you know, oh, Florida is where old people go. And, and obviously the state has tons of young people, right? So, um, but that's, that's kind of the thought because for years and years and years, that's where, where people would just retire to Florida because they wanted to save taxes, right? And so now if you're relocating to a different part of the country and you don't have friends there and you don't have family there, how are you going to spend your day? And so these are the types of questions that um, that we ask people. And it's important because, again, there's more to retirement than money. You're, you're going to, if you feel bored and lonely and frustrated, you're not going to have an enjoyable retirement. And so whereas the previous generation, you saw a lot of people going to Florida, maybe Arizona, I would say the, the version of that today is the expat lifestyle, Right. So all these people who are saying, oh, I'm going to go to Costa Rica or I'm going to go to, that's great that you want to go there. And, and yes, the cost is going to be a lot lower. And from fin- from a financial standpoint, your money will stretch a lot longer. But then what are you going to do while you're there? Who are your friends that are going to be there? Where's your family going to be? Right? Um, so if you move to a different country and you don't really know anyone, um, maybe the, maybe you're kind of an outgoing person and, and, and that's fine. And you're going to go out and meet a bunch of people. But if you're kind of introverted and then you're going there and you don't know anyone, that can that can have an impact on your retirement for sure. Of course it can. Well, let's talk about um, the end of life decisions. We, we alluded to that. I guess we started the segment talking a little bit about that. But that conversation is so important to have. And it's one that we put off. It's that's if anything, we procrastinate. That's the one thing that we do or don't do, perhaps. Right. right. And so time is of is of the essence. Um, and so and there, unfortunately, like if you didn't do it, you can't. Um, there's no time to make regrets. So those are kind of be the next two talking points that I wanted to talk about on, on the, on how things have changed. Right. So we used to, when, you know, even before I was in the business, when they created social security, people retired at 62 and lived to 67. Right. So right. <laughs> you're talking about a five year retirement. And so, um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot to regret, right. Because they weren't living that long. What happens now is people retire a lot of people still retire at 62 and 
what happens is in those first few years of retirement, they say, oh, I have this money in my retirement account. I'm going to spend it and do all these things on my bucket list. Well, again, you're going to end up regretting that you spent all that money when 10 years from now, you're, you don't have the money to, to pay your, your bills and you have to live a, a frugal lifestyle. And so um, you want to you wanna plan um, to make sure you have enough money to continue to do the things that you want to do. And you want to... Sp- you want to put those bucket list things and maybe you do a, a little, a couple extra ones at the beginning of the retirement, but you don't want to do them all at once um, because that's, that, that's going to put too much of a strain on your assets. And then in terms of the time being of the essence, the right time to do the planning, like what we were talking about with my client is not when you get the cancer diagnosis, it's before when you're healthy, because that's when insurance, that's when you can get insurance at reasonable rates. Um, I mean, that, that client I was giving in the example, she didn't even know that she was sick. Um, she, she tested positive for COVID and she was having shortness of breath and she went into the doctor. And and I think this happens with a lot of people during the last two years. Um, you know, maybe some of the routine screenings, they, they were, were kind of delayed because of, of what was going on with the shutdowns. And, uh, so she went in there for shortness of breath. It wasn't the COVID causing it. She had cancer all in her lungs and it had metastasized to her brain. And so, um, you know, it, maybe it would have gotten caught earlier if there was no COVID. But I mean, the, the time to then go out and get insurance at that point, you, you can't. And that's one of the things that um, we talk about in our planning process. And if you become a client, that's something that we help you put together. It's a very valuable piece of the overall financial plan. And it's something that not a lot of advisors talk about. and um, you know, it's something that you definitely need to do. And that's something we would discuss if you call in. We have a a few spots left. So if you wanted to call in, we will put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We'll talk about all these all these different items. If there's something here that we talked about today that resonates with you or if you're identifying with some of the stuff that we're talking about, please give us a call. 800-705-9995. That's the number, folks. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out the website at laurelws.com. You can find a lot of information there. And it's laurelws.com. That's the website. Give us a call, 800 800- 705-9995. It's a way for you to get a roadmap to help get you to where you need to be in retirement. When we come back, we'll cover some counterintuitive retirement strategies that work. And we are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This, of course, is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve is a best-selling author. Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary. He's independent, helping, uh, helping folks for more than 20 years. And, uh, you know, we talk about um, the importance of the plan. I mean, we talk about that every week, Steve. It, can, it is certainly a part of the conversation. Um, and uh, again, sometimes people just think, well, I'm just going to go with my gut. And and I mean, that's good in some things, but not really in a retirement plan, is it? Yeah, no, the trusting your gut is sometimes uh, not the best thing in the world. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Warren Buffett doesn't go with his gut. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> he looks at the numbers. And, and so there's, there's a value to being a little bit analytical. And, um, and not, you know, kind of saying, oh, well, I, I, I have a hunch, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to trust your, you don't want to trust your retirement to hunches. Right, exactly. And so what we're talking about here is um, 
you were talking about counterintuitive strategies. So there's a, a myth that the uh, or a misconception, and then there's the reality that goes along with it. Um, you know, <laughs> talks about stock picking. Let's break down what that really is. And so we talk about short term safety. What does yeah, that mean? So the, yeah. So the misconception is is that you should be able to better predict a stock price tomorrow compared to predicting where it will be ten years from now. And there's a much lower chance of a big drop in a single day than there is in over time in a given stock or fund. Okay. And and that that's a not really true, right? So okay. there's been numerous studies conducted by economists and market researchers and investment companies that have repeatedly shown that it is often less risky to hold stocks for longer periods. So what do I mean by that? Well, the the market goes down statistically. 31% of the time if you're holding stocks for a year. So let's just forget about even picking individual stocks. Now, if you're picking individual stocks, it's a whole different ballgame. It could right. be even much worse. But let's just use the index. About roughly a third of the time, the market goes down on a one-year basis. 90% of the time, the market goes up if they're held for five years. And just think of this from a common sense standpoint, right? So if you think about the worst bear markets that we've had in the last 30, 40 years, um, so 2002, 2008, right? Um, 2002, if you held it for, uh, for four years, you were back up above even. And same thing with 2008. And so by 2006, you were back. Uh, 2008, by 2012, you were back. Um, even in 1987, um, the market went down 58%. You made back the majority of that in the first seven months after the the October Black Monday crash. So um, the market will rebound over time. So holding stocks for the long run um, is good. It's a good it's a good idea. And over the long run, stocks outpace inflation. So you want to continue to own stocks. Why do people lose money in stocks then? Well, because they focus on the short term and they say, you know what? I need to keep my money safe. I'm not taking another loss. The market was down 800 points today, and I, it, you know, it was down 800 points the day before, and now I'm, you know, I can't stomach looking at my statement and seeing another twenty thousand dollar loss. Let me move it to cash. The reality is, is if you ride out the storm, it will eventually come back, and if you move it to cash, it will take you years and years and years to make back the loss. And so, um, that's that's a the probably the biggest mistake that especially in in markets like the one that we're in now that people make is they they think that it's smarter for them to take short-term safety over and they abandon their long-term plans and that's um that's never a good thing never a good thing and this one is one that we've heard uh, you know many times i mean i've heard i think all my life is well it's only a paper loss you don't have to worry about it and and um so but it it is i mean it's more than a paper loss if you're about to retire I mean, it's a real right, yeah. loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, if I don't sell my losing stock, then I don't have a loss. Well, <laughs> that's actual nonsense. Of course you have a loss. Yeah, right? a big <laughs> loss. <laughs> right. So if you're losing money in a declining stock, regardless of whether you actually sell it or not, your your actual loss is the same uh, uh, as, your, as your loss, whether or not it's recognized on a tax return. The key is, do you have time to wait out that loss? So the reason the myth the myth of the paper loss is out there is because when you're saving for retirement, you have time to wait out a losing a losing investment if you think it's still a good investment that you can give it time to go back up. The problem is once you retire, if you are in one of these cookie cutter portfolios and you need to distribute from your assets, 
you need to sell now because you need to spend the money. So um, you don't have time to kind of just ride out a loss. And if you're down, you're down. And then the other thing that always blows my mind is that you have to look at the investment. So the first part of what I said, right? So if you're in something like an index fund, chances are if if it's not money you need tomorrow, you can ride it out and, and it'll eventually come back up. But sometimes we pick stocks because you know, our family members talk about it or we hear it on the news and you go out and you buy GameStop, right? Or you buy AMC theaters, right? Because everyone's making a killing on it. And now you bought it at say $400 a share and it goes down to say $20 a share. It's probably not getting back to $400 a share anytime soon, right? Probably not. You have to just, you have to just accept the, the loss. You can't anchor yourself to a bad position. And there's an opportunity cost, right? So yes, you could sit in that that losing position or you could sell it and yes, you're realizing your paper loss, but if you're putting it into something that's accomplishing something else for you that's more productive, then um, you have to look at from that point forward what the better investment is. Sure. And well, and again, those are the kinds of things that you can help us with uh, because I mean, again, the closer we get to retirement, the the more important it is to be aware of what's going on. And and right now is a difficult time for folks. I mean, there's there's things that are happening that haven't happened in what more than ten years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why the next myth that we're going to talk about, I think, is one of my favorite ones to talk about. And this is something I talk about with everyone who comes in to see me, right? Um, and this is you know the 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 myth of leaving it to the pros. Oh, well, I, I'll be fine because I have money managers handling my money. The, the reality is, is that um, professional money management, while some of them are, are going to, you know, beat the, man, beat the indexes, most of them don't. And most of them are soaking you with fees. Um, now, in terms of the actual advice, working with a, a, an advisor or a financial planner and setting up things like the right asset allocation for your 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 budget, that's fine. But picking, you know, say um, X Y Z mutual fund, which is, and I, 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 you know, I often pick on Chase on this phone, on this show, but um, you know, the, when I when I think of the leave it to the pros, I I think of like the the twenty two year old financial rep that works at in in the back of a Chase bank, saying, you know. Oh, take your money out of your bank account. The savings account pays you nothing. Do this professionally managed Chase portfolio with 15 different mutual funds. And you're paying on each of those mutual funds one, one and a quarter percent, plus you're paying the advisor one and a half percent. That's why when we do our plans, and this is something that we offer our listeners every week, we do a fee analysis. And when I say we do a fee analysis, we don't just show you in percentage, oh, this fund costs this, this fund costs that. We actually show you in dollars. And when you actually see in dollars what you're paying for your investments, there are very few services that you would pay that money for. And maybe you get a fancier statement for, because it's at a professional, you know, professional money manager. Sure. But I don't think you want to spend $14,000 a year for those fancy statements. I don't think so, so either. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's the kind of the, the, the eye-opening experience that comes from sitting down with us. And we would love to hear from you. That's the number to call, folks. It's a financial review. You're going to be able to see where you are today. But as Steve just said, you've got a roadmap that'll really help get you to where you need to be as you get closer to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Time for more questions from our listeners. We've got the answers coming up. 
We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall having a great conversation today, as usual. And, uh, you know, we're covering a lot of ground. And, and I think in the last segment, we're talking about, you know, the leave it to the pros and, and uh, the paper loss, all of that. Well, no matter what, right now, everything seems to be just in flux. The horizon out there is changing. And um, we talk about inflation. It's kind of here and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Uh, we heard from Janet Yellen, U.S. Secretary of Treasury. She says that originally they may have misjudged just what was happening to the economy. When I said that inflation would be transitory, what I was not anticipating was a scenario in which we would end up contending with multiple variants of COVID. I was not envisioning um, impacts on food and energy prices we've seen from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So, um, as Chair Powell indicated himself, um, both of us probably could have used a better term than transitory. Do you think? I wasn't buying that story of when she said it the first time. Yeah, I don't think many people were uh, were buying that. <laughs> You know, the, well, for you know, first they were saying, "Oh, it's the supply chain disruptions. It's the supply chain disruptions," um, and we're going to get through it with COVID. The the problem with the with with the whole administration is that um, they're going and they're 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 great at assessing uh, assessing and assigning blame, but then they're not too clear on what their idea is to make it better, right? So, great point. Um, so it's I would love to hear someone from the treasury or the administration or even the fed say, all right, here's what we're going to do and here's how it's going to make it better. And so um, I think the fed is trying obviously raising rates, but raising rates is not going to do anything to, to curb the price of the pump. Let's, let's, let's be clear about that because I don't think OPEC cares what, what the, the U S federal reserve does when it comes to the price of oil. So I think that she definitely misjudged. That's probably the understatement of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to hear her say, all right, well, here's what we're going to do to make it better. Right. And I haven't I haven't heard that. Well, yeah. I mean, even in that, I mean, that was only about 30 seconds of, of, of her. But I mean, if you listen to the whole thing, the whole statement, I mean, the whole news conference, I mean, she didn't say anything. Yeah, no. And it, the same thing. I think he uh, President Biden was on with Jimmy Kimmel. I think it was like a 24 minute interview in which he really said nothing, <laughs> nothing of substance. Right. Sure, he made yeah. he made some, you know, some charges and assigned some blame to some oil companies about leases and them not not acting on the leases or whatnot but it he didn't say all right well here's what we're going to do to to rectify that and here's how we're going to get you know here's how we're going to address the problem so um and i think it's it's a pandemic within our our political system in general today is that um i think the party not in power um loves to complain but then when they get into power they don't know how to address the what they were complaining about so <laughs> they don't have a solution. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I would like to see some politicians get elected that actually have solutions as opposed to just complaints. Well, all right. That that will. So what do you see? How do you see this playing out? I mean, is there a solution? Do you anticipate that? Or are we just going to have to buck up and, and we're going to have to change our retirement plans? We're going to have to change our income plans just to accommodate what's going on in the world. Is that is that fair to say? I think you're going to have to plan on there being higher prices at the pump um, because I don't think the war in Ukraine is is ending anytime soon. I could be wrong about that, obviously. Um, but um, and I, I don't see any 
impetus for the prices to come down. In terms of core inflation, which is what I think the Federal Reserve cares about, um, I think the pattern of rate hikes is going to, you're going to see over the next several months that core inflation is going to start to come down. Um, so when we talk about core inflation, that's inflation X, food and energy. So that's things like core inflation includes things like new car prices, um, used car prices. I I think that that I think that that area of the inflation is going to start to come down a little bit, and I think I don't think we need to get to the Fed's target of two percent. I think if it, core inflation is at six percent right now, if it was to go down to four and a half, I think the Fed probably slows with their rate hikes, and then the market the market probably uh, makes a leg higher. Okay, but you know I I think that we're going to continue to bounce around the bottom here for the next couple months in the stock market is my, right. my opinion. All right, good. I'd like to hear that. 800-705-9995, folks. All right, Steve, let's jump into a couple of questions here while we've still got some time. Uh, Donald's up first. He says, why is the, <laughs> this is sort of a philosophical thing, but I like it. Uh, Donald says, why is the recommended percentage of my portfolio devoted to stocks any different at the beginning of my career than at the start of retirement? I don't understand why I should reduce my exposure to stocks when I retire, as I'll still have 30 years of investing ahead of me. Great question, Donald. And that's why, you know, I, I, I love this when I read this. And like you said, it, it is, uh, it, you shouldn't, the reality is, is you shouldn't have had, at the beginning of your retirement, you probably shouldn't have 30% in bonds. Um, and you should still keep a, a big chunk in stocks. The, the question is, is, should you be following a cookie cutter in retirement? And the answer is no. Right. So what you're describing is a cookie cutter portfolio. Should you have been in that cookie cutter portfolio at the beginning of retirement? Probably not. And should you be in it at the start of retirement? Definitely not. And so what you want to look at is what your projected spending is. And do you have a shortfall? So if you have, and I don't know if you have a pension, Donald, or not, obviously, you know, if we sat down, we would we would go through all of this. But if you have a pension and social security and you're spending more than what you're getting in from that, then you have a, a shortfall. So let's just say you have $5,000 of income coming in and you're, you're living after tax on 7,000. So now you need to produce another $2,000 a month from your investments. Well, if you, have it, if you have too much in stocks and the market is going down, then you have to withdraw from stocks at inopportune times. So you wanna have a cushion of five years of your shortfall. So that would be $120,000 or 60 months times $2,000 a month. So if you have that if you have that into something safe and liquid, what that does is it gives you time um, on the piece that's in stocks to pick your spots on when you sell and replenish your cash. All right. Well, again, I like that I like that strategy. I like that philosophy. And again, and so it's so, not it's not a percentage. It's, you know, it's it's based on your actual spending and right. your goals. Well, again, so Donald, if you're interested, 800-705-9995. Why don't you sit down with Steve and work through it? Uh, let's see. we got time for another one here. Let's go to Janine. She says, I'm 63. I just got an inheritance of about $200,000, and I have $15,000 in credit card debt and $50,000 left on my mortgage. So I could become debt-free and still have about $135,000 left to invest, or I could invest all of it and just continue paying off debts over the next few years. What do you suggest? That's a, this is a great question, Janine. We see this all the time. And if you have $15,000 of credit card debt, that's a bad debt usually. I mean, some people do the whole kind of credit card carousel where they're, they're switching from zero balance, 0% 0 interest, zero balance transfers. But for most people, credit card debt is going to be 18 to anywhere 
upwards of 27, 28%. So you definitely want to get out of credit card debt first. In terms of the mortgage, um, it really depends. Um, if you locked in a mortgage rate sub three, mortgage rates went, went above six uh, this past week. So, you know, once you give up, once you pay off that mortgage, you may have a difficult time, especially if you've, you're retired, getting it back again if you ever need cash. And that that's those are the types of decisions and the types of advice that we give. And we do have a couple of spots left. We would love to hear from you. Uh, take the opportunity, sit down with us, put together that plan. No cost, no obligation. It starts with a call, 800-705-9995. You'll get a comprehensive financial review. And yes, you'll see this is where I stand today. But more importantly, you'll craft a plan, a guide, a roadmap, if you will, that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, we covered a lot of ground and these shows go by so quickly. But I love the information and, and to get your insight. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to do it. And thank you for listening, Orlando. And we'll be back here next Sunday evening. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio!